Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
for my city is you with me. The music is the movement and we're moving kind of swift. We put the liquor in my lips, but now I'm feeling kind of tipsy. Kind of tipsy. Oh, uh-huh. 
face down. Get your ass up, got your blindfold. Get your handcuffs, got your legs up. Get your hair full, you a bad girl. But she do it good, she a porn star. New tricks, got a license. But she drops it, I'm 18. But she legal, don't say much. But she deep throw, brought her best friend. For a three way, fuck rock stars. DJ, she like double A. She want an autograph. She a dirty girl. Get tongue back.
Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? This is like my first time ever playing <laughs> guitar. Or is it bass or guitar? I don't know what it is. Guitar. A guitar! Oh, yay! Ha <laughs> ha! Okay, let's see how I do. <laughs> One. Ow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One, two, three.
Hello world, tonight's bedtime story is called Sex on Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Dear Diary. Vroom, vroom. Squeak, squeak. Squeal. A hush. Muffled giggle. Was that light there before? Are you sure you know this area? Are the flight attendants sleeping? Put your legs here. Ugh. Hold on. My neck's getting stiff. Hold on. Someone's coming here. Put your head under the covers. Stay down. Keep your mouth where it is. Mmm. Ah. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, my. Uh, okay. I really need some air for a second. Gosh. I don't remember your cot being that big. Is this the lighting? Oh, your pussy feels so tight. Duh. <laughs> Passenger seat or back seat? Recline or straight up? Condom or peanut? An extra blanket and towel, typically? A tissue? Napkins? Seat indentations on the skin? Rug burn? Darkness? A light switch? Mystery? Is that your cock or the stick shift? Does it matter? Start, stop, shift, redress, ease away slowly. Oh, what fun it is to ride while riding in an automobile or on a train. Now, I have yet to fuck on a plane, but I have given head while my then boyfriend's parents are sleeping right next to it. How bold. How daring. Ghastly, even. Yet, hey, what can you do? Blame it on the menses. It was that lovely time, okay, excruciating time, when nature calls. Being stuck in the air was the absolute worst for this sort of conundrum. I promised your diary. The only reason I was so very, very naughty was because it took my mind off pain. Oh, boy, did it ever. Furthermore, if you can make yourself laugh, okay, not with your mouth full, but perhaps interspersed with the dick and mouth action, then that can't help but relieve the tension incurred by pain, pleasure, and trying to be a cock ninja tick while crammed in a tight lift on the lower row seat and not get booted off an international flight. The train? Yeah. Different boyfriend. Fast forward a few years later or so. En route to Barcelona. Or maybe it was Amsterdam. It wasn't our fault my guy and I were assigned an otherwise all-male cabin room. It happened, surely. No? Well, we tucked into our small twin bed on the bottom bunk and the two bunk bed cabins and dared each other not to squeeze, shudder, gasp, nor projectile shoot our lovely, lustful liquids on the guy sleeping just across from us. Ah, but the auto, the real wheels. Now, those may be innumerable, my dearest. There's something so wrong and yet so very right about doing a real test drive while set in park. Passers-by only make that much more pleasurable. Sweet. Deviant. And perhaps even squishier? I actually have been cited by those of the security profession, but apparently they were human. They must have liked it and never even issued a warning. I'm so very, very, well, 
how uncommon is this really? Sex out loud. I mean, really. One cannot always find the right time and the comfort of one's home or that of another. It may not even be ideal, depending on who you want to bang and who is actually available in your home. Especially so if those two are not mutually exclusive. Ah, yes, dear diary. Sometimes sex on wheels is the only way at the time. And even if the sex out loud is rare, I believe it is precisely this rarity that elevates it to the status of a real Kodak moment. I'm glad you agree, my love. The end. I hope you all liked it. And I hope you have sex out loud. <laughs> Good night. Bye.
Network. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio, and I'm your hostess, Sandra London of Living Grind. Um, the song you were just listening to was called Houdini Acts by Mongrel. Uh, let me go ahead and give a great big thank you, thank you, thank you to American Psycho, Ted, Megs, Perky, Nippy, Adriana, and everybody else um, for all of your well wishings for my birthday. Um, I I think I left my brain like back at the beach all the way from last weekend. Um, yeah, so please forgive the mess real quick. But um, plus uh, maybe it's also because I have a gift that's like in a card that I have been told not to open until the end of tonight. So <sighs> what the hell? <laughs> Should I be happy about this or worried about this? Blasted, blasted, mysteriousness. Ugh. Anyways, um, yeah, so let's see. We'll be having this interview in just a little while with uh, Sammy Yusuf. Of, uh, his website is called skynight.com, um, and he is a member of Naked Girls Radio, and I look forward to asking him tons of questions because he's worked with quite a few uh, pretty major league, uh, major league teams um, for their marketing and advertising endeavors, and he's also an artiste. Um, he has uh, done a lot of painting uh, and photography, and I spoke with him just a bit ago, a couple hours ago on the phone, um, so perhaps I will also be able to shoot with him uh, in the near future, um, and I would love that. I'm looking forward to taking new pictures, so I'm yes, very much looking forward to this. So yeah, go ahead and check out skynight.com um, sometime this evening or thereafter. I'm sure you will be delighted, as I have been, um, and I look forward to interviewing him right here on Playtime with Sandra Radio. Um, I'm looking through the news. I'm trying to find, like, the biggest, like, stories or interesting tidbits and stuff like this, but I've kind of stopped a bit, um, I guess, um, on, I like, I just, this that Chinua Achebe, um, he recently passed on on March 21st, uh, so just a couple days ago. He's an author from Nigeria, and he wrote the book Things Fall Apart, and that is one of my favorite novels of all time. So um, I want to send well afterlife, if there is such a thing, wishes to Chinua Achebe, who's phenomenal, phenomenal author. I highly recommend that you read his work. Um, if you have not already, it was great. Um, and let's see. Oh, yes. My, okay, I have like three computers, and um, a couple days ago, all three went out. Like, they would not come on, like, at all, at all, at all. So I finally got my, my trusty uh, um, Samsung netbook to fire up and get going. But I have also, in the between time, made plans to become uh, a member of the Apple cart. So I should be uh, getting a new computer, and it will be a Mac, my first ever. So I'll be a first for, like, my 30th year on planet Earth. So what do you say? What do you say? <laughs> Are you excited with me? I'm, I I look forward to discovering all that is uh, noteworthy <laughs> about this this whole Apple business. But anyways, I'll go ahead and I think I have a caller. So one moment. 
for your time with Sandra Radio. This is Sandra London speaking. Who's calling? Happy birthday, Sandra. This is Sammy Yusuf. Woohoo! Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Thank you. <laughs> Good, it's going well. So I hear you're going to be uh, uh, going into uh, Apple's. Uh, well, you're going to be using Apple products now. Yeah, the Apple universe. Yes, yes, yes. I'm looking forward to it. It's still like a big like myth to me because I've never really gotten cozy with one. Do you have one? <laughs> um, you have no idea how many I have. <laughs> oh, jeez, really? I feel uh, like I've been missing out. <laughs> I've been using that product for good grief. Uh, well, I mean, for the last 20 years, I think. Um, oh, I, the oh first time, I, yeah, the first time I saw a Macintosh, um, my brother had one when he was going to school in Southern California. He brought one. One of his friends had bought, purchased it, and at that point in time, I pretty much fell in love with the, with, the, with their products because the ease of use, what I could do being a, a designer, it was just it was a slam dunk. Nice, right on. Wow. And I was, you said this was 20 years ago? <laughs> so I was 10. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's not go there. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Okay, fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so where did your brother go to school? He went to Harvey Mudd. Ooh. Oh, wow. Which is in the okay. Claremont Colleges, yeah. Yes, yes, I'm uh, familiar with it. Yes, did he study engineering? Uh, he actually studied physics, but um, he Ugh. no longer does that. Yeah, he's into uh, computer sciences, and he's a, a, a key director. Okay, so computer brains run in the family. Pretty much, pretty much. I'm more on the visual side, more on the uh, creative side. He's on the analytical side. So the both of us put together, and yeah, we make an awesome team. There you go. Right on. And so you, you attended um, Cal State Fresno, right? That's correct. Did you have fun? Um, maybe way too much fun. Uh, but really? I, well, I mean, it, it's by the time I got to Fresno State, uh, I had already t- taken care of all my prerequisites at a community college. Uh-huh. So I was able to delve into what I wanted to do, which was art. Um and by doing that, it just made life a lot easier, more fun to deal with. Um, I got to do what I wanted to do. Uh, and the first year, the first year was interesting. Uh, being in the dorms, meeting a lot of people. Uh, and uh, with our dorm, we had one of the oldest dorms on the uh, on the on campus. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was, it was a co-ed dorm. So we had 40 girls, 40 guys on each side. Uh-huh. Ah. And and pretty much we, I mean, we became a family, um, and everybody seemed to hate us because we were kind of like a family. We and was it went was to, it randomly was it randomly assigned like or was it kind of like grouped by major in a sense like were they all studying um, fine arts or like design or things like this or was it all over the place? It's all over the place. All, we ah. have football players, basketball players. Um, you know, from the girls on the guy side, uh, you name it, everybody did something a little bit differently. Uh, nursing students, uh, phys ed students, uh, engineering students, uh, and agricultural students. So it just didn't really matter. Ah, 
sort of like a co-ed fraternity in a sense, or like partying and learning all at the same time. We, <laughs> we, yeah, we did. I mean, let's put it this way. When we had a party, it was a party on, on the one floor, and, and we pretty much took over everything. We uh, They had a speaker system to the dorm, yeah. and it was, it was an old speaker system. So each room had a speaker uh, in it. Um, and <laughs> so what we did is we kind of – took the speakers off, and it connected the rooms, and we put a pipe as uh, a hose that we put through the entire section of uh, about, about 10 rooms, give or take, and we yeah. put a tap on each room, and it came at the, end, at the end. So each room had a, basically a tap of beer, you know. Oh, it. la, la. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, sure there's other people that have stories of, of what they did during college, but, I mean, they, this not was kind quite of like a, that. Not quite like that. That's pretty. That's pretty advanced, right there. You got ready-made like Insta keg going on via tube. <laughs> pretty. I mean, we had fun. Let's just put that. We had a lot of fun, and, and uh, um, we worked as a team. We worked together. We helped each other out, um, and that was the important thing. Uh, and are you still are you still in touch with a lot of them nowadays? Um, getting back to, I mean, I lost touch for a while with a lot of them. Uh, the thing with social networking, it, it, it has allowed a lot of people to reconnect with people from the past. Um, and it's great in some ways, it's not great in so many others. Um, but in retrospect, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm starting to connect with a, a number of people from college, uh, which is really nice. Uh, cool. Do you have any interesting stories of, like, maybe... Um, losing contact with somebody that you're like, oh no, where'd they go? And then suddenly you, you happen upon like Facebook or something, or you read. Well, it was more. Uh, I mean, I. Yeah, let's put this here. There's a lot of different stories that have happened. One of them just recently, actually, uh, was uh, uh, one of the guys who had been at the dorms, everybody, you know, picked on him from what we understood when we got there. Um, he was just picked on all the time. He was just, everybody was, uh, uh, they, didn't, they didn't like him for whatever reason, and we just kind of took him in um, mm-hmm. as part of one of our friends. We did, he couldn't care less. We found out there's a lot of things that had happened to his past that weren't the greatest um, later on, um, but it didn't matter to us. He was one of our friends, and we just, you know, he became... Uh, uh, the person that we just looked after to make sure that he was okay. Uh, huh. And but at the same time, you know, we didn't know whether, you know, sometimes when you look at through your friends and you don't know, certain people might not make it, you know. It was one of, one of those things. Uh, and it was kind of nice to uh, hear recently that uh, um, he's a teacher, he's married, he has a child, and everything's great. Ooh. And it was it was really nice to hear that uh, and to reconnect with him and then be able to talk about what he's been doing lately and, and uh, um, that everything that has happened in his past is completely you know it's like you know what's past is past and kind of moves forward. That is super sweet. That is such a heartwarming story. Like it is, you it guys is. can yeah, you guys can all like think like happily back to your time in college and that you guys like helped, like, uh, make him all that much more awesome <laughs> later it, on. It, I mean, oh, like, that's cool. 
That's pretty sweet. You know, I've got I've got some great memories of college. Um, I mean, from staying up till uh, I mean, one of the reasons that my moniker or my ID is Sky Knight is my initials are Sky S K Y, and mm-hmm. the reason that night was put together is because I would go into my studios at 6 p.m. and won't come out till about 6 in the morning. So between 6 p.m. and 6 in the morning, I would create you know several different canvases or uh, prints um, for my artwork. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, people would always ask, where, you know, where was I during that night? And I, at night, and I'm like, well, I was just painting. I was just wondering. Oh, you're you're a night shift person, just like me. <laughs> I like I try much. to have like a normal schedule, but that's just not going to happen. I I think best like in the evening, and I don't really take. You know, heed of the time. So whenever I'm done with something, that's when I'm done. So if it has to be 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and then I go to sleep, that's just what it's going to be. That's pretty sweet. And you had your own little, like, studio to disappear into and emerge from. <laughs> I, I, I did. In college, I had my own uh, studio. For, it, was, it was a short-lived studio. Uh, I, was a grad, I was an undergrad, um, and only graduate students had studios. So uh, the dean of students pretty much gave me uh, a small studio of my own. There were actually chicken coops. There were old chicken what? coops. Uh, yeah, there were chicken. They're, they're fairly large. There were old, old chicken coops <laughs> that were renovated. Oh, they were cleaned uh, out. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah, they were cleaned out. Hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, so he he um, saw my work and he saw how. Uh, what I, you know, what I love to do, and, and he said, you know, something we've got to pay, so I want you to go ahead and take it. I'm like, great, thank you. So once oh. I took it, um, and I had it for about a, two months, I think, two three months. Yeah. Uh, and the graduate students found out that, um, you know, I was an undergrad who had um, uh, a technical studio, and that was unheard of. So uh, they made a picture. Do you have a picture? Did you ever take a picture of it? I want to see this chicken coop redesigned. No, I should. I I cannot picture it at all. I'm going to have to draw it one day, seriously. (laughs) I should should have, but it it was was fun uh, while it lasted. Let's just put it that way. So uh, I had my own space. But then our our studios at Fresno State at the time, they were huge. You know, so. To deal with. Huh. But, I, I'm totally yeah. serious though. Like, if you're ever like bored or not busy or something, I want you to like draw it from memory. Seriously, I I need to <laughs> <laughs> I need to see the serious. I want you. I want you. Oh, anyway. I'll consider it a project. I'll consider it a project. It'll be it'll be fun. Oh, oh. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, how can I describe why? Um, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day of like, oh, you know, if I had, if I were more inclined in certain ways, I would have been like someone who would want, would would have wanted to study like architecture, um, and like like foundations of like buildings, um, mm-hmm. uh, churches, um, museums, um, old historical sites, and things like that. Just right. I don't know. I guess like traveling in Europe must have done something like to 
to put that in my head of like, oh, perhaps in another lifetime this might be something you would be doing or creating or something. But I've always been interested in what something used to be and then becomes and, like, if there's any sort of, I don't know, like any sort of um, spirit that remains within it <laughs> in a sense. Um, I don't know. That's Yeah. I mean, I studied architecture for a couple of years, and oh. uh, um, I mean, old, old buildings have this soul to them. You know, yeah. uh, there's something in them. There's something that that uh, if the walls could talk, kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and, and that's I mean, I I I collect a lot of different things, and and uh, it, it, you know, from antiques, there's always something about a piece of antique. That you would pick up with your hands, and you wonder. Um, I mean, especially toys. But you pick yeah. up a piece of toy, think toy from the 1930s, 1940s, and you think, the child that played with this, what were they like? What kind of home were they in? Um, considering what the toy is, you know, was the family wealthy? How much was the toy during that time period? What could it say? Uh, what yeah, it and how how big was that child's imagination? You know, from that from a given object, you know, because exactly. there's plenty of people they they may not grow up wealthy, but they have like the biggest imagination in the world, and they make things happen or things like this, you know, or they could they could take like a a dime store like rag doll or something, and that is like the bell of the ball, or that is the queen, or that is whatever, and it's there for them despite uh-huh. you know it's it being like a stick or something, you know, like that's. All that stuff is no, totally, really, agree. really cool. It's totally cool. Yeah, one, of, one of my favorite uh, um, characters from the 1930s is Buck Rogers. So it's, Buck it's Rogers. Who, sorry? It's uh, Buck Rogers. Oh, Buck Rogers. Okay. With Buck Rogers, you have so many items that were created. Um, the first story of Buck Rogers came out in 1928. Um, and then uh, during the 30s, they started creating all these uh, you know, ray guns and, and space toys and, and outfits. So uh, they even have uh, a Buck Rogers roller skate, which is really cool. Oh, uh, um, wow. And uh, uh, it, it looks like a, uh, a, um, a pointed shoe, but it's made out of metal. Uh, but, but it's very cool. Uh, in any case, but yeah, the, the outfit itself is yeah. awesome. If you were to see yeah. the outfit, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. You know, they, in fact, the... Uh, um, the imagination, not just of the kids, but of the creators at that time. You have to, I mean, you have to think exactly. about specific, look at technology of what we have right now. With Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy back in the 1930s uh, and 40s, he had the uh, a TV wrist or radio wristwatch or um, TV wristwatch, right? Yeah. Now we have it. I mean, the technology is here now, but it was, it was right. created by a writer. It was created by uh, an artist. Yeah, got it into existence. Yeah. 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 Uh, So uh, there's a lot of things that were created by, say, the writers and and, and artists back um, back in time, back during the, say, early 1900s to the 1940s, and all those things that were created during that time by those people are starting to materialize now, which is, you know, if you can imagine it, it can be done. Right. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um So are you, yeah. are you having fun during your birthday so far? 
Yes, I am. I am. I. It's funny. Like I wish I could be more, even I guess, even more excited or something, or show that in some kind of way. But like, I just feel like mellow and dreamy today. I don't know why, but in a good way. Like not a like melancholy, like sad, whatever. Like in a like a. I don't even know. Thoughtful, like like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, dreamy mood. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I think sometimes Southern California brings that out in people. Uh, probably. There's something in our sea salt. <laughs> There's something for sure. <laughs> but um, darn it. I was actually going off of what you're talking about with like um artists and designers in the past, like uh. You know, um, dreaming forth different creations. I just now, like, okay, I went, uh, let's see, in 2011 to Prague for the first time, and before I went, I studied up on as much as I could, and I remember reading about um, this author who wrote, like, robot and literature for the first time, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Carol Kepik, um And so, yeah, I was just thinking about that because I have all these posts, like, from then. Uh, from 2011 of, like, how neat it was that, you know, that words continued forward and developed into so much more, um, and not just, I don't know, not just the robot for what a robot is, but also for its, um, its, I don't know, its sort of unlikely allegiance with humanity or with humans. Um, Uh Uh-huh. And which one takes precedence over the other, or which one controls the other, or facilitates things better for the other? So anyway, I don't know. I just started thinking about that when you were talking about. Yeah, Prague is an amazing city. Oh my goodness, but, I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah, I've never. I've, that's one place that I would have loved to um, uh, have gone to. Um, I spent about maybe uh, a couple months in Europe, just uh, bouncing all over the place, and I hadn't was not able to uh, go to Prague. But I was in <gasps> Budapest, and I, I love Budapest for you know what it was. I only spent maybe I don't know about a day in Budapest. Um, oh no! But uh, uh, I definitely would love to go back just to scout out the city a little bit more. Um, at the time, I had my first digital camera. And I, uh, I've been I've been in photography for a long time, but uh, yeah. uh, this was when digital cameras were starting to come into their own, and uh, the first DSLRs were starting to come out. Um, and luckily, you know, I was able to utilize one in, in uh, on my trip. And so, being able to walk around uh, from London, Amsterdam, um, Lebanon, Budapest, a number of other, all these cities. Uh, yeah. And take a lot of these photos, and, and you know, being able to. And this was, uh, was the problem. I, you know, you, I had a card uh, to uh, you know, save all my photos on, but the thing is, I ran out real quick. Just as much as a lot of people, you know, would run out of film. I'm like, I shot, you know, 600 pictures on one card. Okay, I need another <laughs> card. Where can I buy another card? So I would <laughs> run around the city, not knowing where to get another digital call so I can stick in the camera and keep on shooting. Um, but it, it, was, uh, it was definitely a, a fun time. 
uh, to use technology and be able to shoot as much as I can and then come back, put it into the computer. And that's one of the reasons I got into digital photography because now I can uh, actually shoot what I want to shoot, the way I want to shoot it, and then manipulate it um, on the computer and then put it into my uh, my advertising or brochures or whatever I was designing at the time. It's a lot easier, a lot faster for me to do that compared to where I used to hire a photographer to do the photography. Then we'd have to take the photos, develop them, get a drum scanner, scan them, digitize them, and then it would be brought back to me and put into whatever I was working on. And that was a process. So... And it's too far removed from the concept sometimes, yeah, if it's handed off. Yeah, but by the time, sometimes you have to, yeah. Well, how is, how is, um, how is Lebanon? Um, Lebanon is the, it's the, let's see, um, what's the term that you've been trying to remember? Um, well, I mean, Lebanon is a beautiful city. Regardless, um, the time that I was there, uh, I was there, you know, years back. But um, it, it's how do you describe it? Gosh, the wa- water is about maybe seventy degrees. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Mediterranean Sea is just beautiful and calm. Uh, at least the days that I was there, at least that I was there. Um, uh, you know, and you were have, you in Beirut? You know, were you in Beirut? Like. Only, or did you go travel around, or like? No, I traveled around. I was in Beirut for. Uh, I mean, I flew into Beirut, and I have family that's situated all along the area, as well as in uh, from. Uh, um, uh, there's a town called Juni. Uh, huh. There's also a town called uh, um, uh, the old, one of the oldest cities in the world called Biblos. That's still, you know, you can actually walk through the city. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of they have like an old market style in there. It's really cool. Uh, you can wheel and deal on stuff that you want to buy. Um, oh, I love that. I love that. There's an area in uh, Bastille in Paris when I was uh-huh. living out there where I got like the the nicest, coolest. Like most of my friends have seen it. It's a it's a leather like shoulder um, bag for, or it's like a uh-huh. shoulder case in a way for um, my laptop or things like this. Uh-huh. And it's like it's really nice. I just remember like having a big long discussion back and forth and finally settling on like 40 euro and it's like super nice very nice quality um, but yeah it's like an open market type thing. Um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah but I've never actually been to like I've never been to Lebanon. I've been to Dubai but there's not so many, so many open markets there um, but I've always wanted to go to Morocco Um just all over, like, North Africa um, and hopefully, like, a bit more south, Senegal and stuff like that someday, sometime. But, yeah, I'll just have to um, hope that you took photos of Lebanon, like, tons because I want to see those. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> there's an area called uh, Beit Din, which they hold a lot of concerts Um uh, in fact, uh, who's, who's going to be out there? Uh, is it Motley Crue or Guns, Guns N' Roses? Guns mm-hmm. N' Roses are going to be appearing in, in Lebanon fairly soon, I think, in the next few months uh, at a place called Beit Din. And, and basically, Beit Din is a um, it was like a kind of like an embassy, you might say. It was built, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, 
1200, uh, the year 1200 or 1500, I can't recall. Um, but, you know, you have architecture around the whole area from the Roman Empire as well. Uh, from, mm. you know, from, uh, you know, 1, 2 BC or, or 1 AD, whatever it might, might have been at the time. Um, uh-huh. But these columns, these columns are just amazing and they're huge. Uh, but around the whole area, you have, they, they built, they actually built the, the stage, the, uh, the seating for the, this concert around yeah. or inside this whole area. And, it, and they are very careful on how they do, the, do it so that um, they're actually going over. You're, all, you're basically sitting on top of this kind of Colosseum area um, and watching this concert along these ruins. It's just amazing. That's like, that's wild. That's surreal. Wow. Uh, huh. Yeah, the, the Lebanon is a beautiful, beautiful uh, city uh, or country, uh, I should say, and uh, definitely um, a place where people should go and, and visit. Um, and hopefully, that you know, with all the the trouble that we've had uh, within the region, you know, at some point in time, it's got to subside. We're hoping it subsides. So you know, yeah. you never know. Yeah. You never know. But traveling, traveling is definitely uh, in my blood, and I would love to travel if I could my entire life. So would you, would you say right now that it, it's probably okay to go, like, as a just as a, an American tourist or a European tourist or anything? Cause there's a girlfriend of mine who goes, like, every every couple of months or so, and she's never like, I'm worried. Like, she's always psyched to go. That's why I've always wanted to visit because she's like, it's great, it's fun, it's beautiful, a lot of cool people and all this. So, you know, every now and again you'll see, like, some place, like, depicted on in the media mm-hmm. where, you're, like, you know, some people will shy away or fear going to a certain area. And, of course, there's obviously mm-hmm. places you definitely should not go. But I don't know. Right. Um, she has never seemed to be worried about going, which is, you know. Well, She's she was she's uh, her character's is from that area, right? I'm guessing. Uh, um. She goes I'm, there for so, not, so often. <laughs> well, well, well. She well, she had a sweetheart there, so she uh, was there okay. often. Um, yeah, on his behalf. <laughs> but um, but uh, no, like. Yeah, I mean you're right. I mean in certain areas, just like in any place. Um, she doesn't look you know, Middle Eastern, but she doesn't. I mean she's she's very cosmopolitan, I guess, in the sense of like she's aware of like norms and culture and stuff like that. She wouldn't like walk around with like you know. And, well, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> let me put it to you this way. In in Lebanon, they speak um, Arabic, uh, French, and English. If you go to an right. ATM and you wanted to obtain, uh, you know, money from an ATM machine, you yeah. can decide whether you, you want the money in um, in uh, Lebanese currency or U.S. currency. It's up to you. Ah, uh, yeah, no, she speaks French and English, so she's she's fine on that. Yeah, she's fine. She's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if you speak any of those three languages, you're you're fine. Um, so I wouldn't worry. Yeah. If you have somebody with you, if you're going with her, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. She knows exactly where she's going. Yeah. Um, places, once, once you start getting out towards uh, the Syrian border, that's a different issue. 
Um, because right. I mean, right now there's, there's conflicts within Syria, so we kind of well, want to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, I have seen quite a bit of that on the news. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm not planning on any time in the, you know, in the very very near future, but I I really would like like to go and visit Beirut one day, like someday. So anyway. Yeah. Yes. Alrighty. Well, let's let's talk about like some of the the major major clients you've worked with is pretty impressive mm-hmm. like Cisco Systems, um San Francisco Magazine, the Oakland A's, um several different hockey leagues. Like what was the what was the most um uh, which let's see how can I describe which which client was like the most um demanding and at the same time most fulfilling um well, to work um, for. I mean, they're all demanding to some degree. Uh, the the most fulfilling or the most fun I had was um, um, the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's were by far the easiest clients to work with uh, and the most fun to work with as well. Um, it started out where I was going to uh, – uh, spring break, excuse me, spring break, spring training with them, and taking photographs of of uh, their uh, their clientele, their sponsors, um, uh-huh. and so that was a lot of fun doing that. Uh, just you know, everybody's having a great time. They're meeting players, they're interacting with players, or they're interacting with events. And and I'm pretty much a, I started doing event photography quite a bit at that point, and um, from there it just kind of went off from different clients. Um, the Sharks had hired me uh, for just a particular project that they wanted me to shoot. Um, it wasn't anything big. Uh, it had nothing to do with the players. Um, the uh, the Santa Fe Earthquakes, on the other hand, I did a lot of their... Uh, when the Santa Fe Earthquakes first started out again, I did a number of their uh, advertising and collateral and, and design work um, before they had somebody in-house to do all that. Uh, huh. you know, and I did, I did a lot of Did they have any sort of like Like where were these posted Where you were doing work for the San Jose Earthquakes Like oh. Which kind of publications Or this whole thing Well it, they had their own magazine um, It was on their website um, it, Newspaper advertising uh, Posters that they would make um, If we did a uh, A magnet calendar for promotion That they gave out at the, at the door At the gate you know, it's something I would design and also, and also incorporate a photograph with it. Um, I did, uh, like, the season tickets, the first season tickets that came out for the Southern Earthquakes. Um, I did a photo shoot of a number of kids that were holding the, uh, the Earthquakes uh, trophy that they had won uh-huh. from past years. Uh, uh-huh. And so that became the season tickets for the, uh, for the year. Um, so th- there's a lot of different little things, and most people – you know, wouldn't um, be it necessarily, but, uh, you know, something, every time you see something that's in design work or mm-hmm. say a, a ticket, somebody had to design that ticket. Um, right. When I was with did, you feel, did you feel that sense of pressure or were you just, like, unruffled, like, unfettered of, like, this is going to be for a whole year at least that this design that I – do that that's gonna be everywhere, like it better be freaking good. <laughs> or, well, or yeah, you like no sweat. Yeah, okay. 
you go, you, you go back and forth, back and forth until you get something right, you know, as far as design is concerned. Uh, photography, you know, I spent an entire uh, afternoon with the kids uh, photographing them uh, just to make sure, we, you know, we, we did one in, in the studio. We took them outside and we did them on, uh, had them play around the field as well. So we were trying to cover all the bases. Um, I've had some of my photographs um, published, I'll say, on the front cover. Uh, I think Comcast Magazine used, uh, um, they were doing a special issue for sports. And so uh, they had used one of my photographs for the front cover, as well as an inside spread. Um, uh, I've done mock ups of different things, you know, with 3D modeling and rendering. Uh, yeah, there's just a varied amount of things that I've done for each client, whether it's the, the earthquakes or the open age, uh, Cisco, Microsoft. Um, Microsoft had hired me for an event, um, and it was a, an on field event was a, um, for a soccer game. And then after that game, when they when I saw my work, they said, well, you know, we would love to have you come down to L.A. and photograph one of our events down there. And so uh, and they had it at the, I don't know if you've ever been to, but it's definitely a worthwhile place to go, uh, and that's the Edison in downtown L.A. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. That place is phenomenal. The Edison downtown bar you go, and, yeah, I've seen, like, the Lusant Dossier show there. Um, it's very, like, all, like, industrial-seeming and, like, a throwback. They have, like, nights where it's, like, 30s or 40s nights where you pay 10 cents for, like, a vodka. <laughs> 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 so they're like, um, oh, it's the, we're in a depression right now. So blah blah blah, like what for like one evening, one night a week uh-huh. from like for their happy hour, it's like ten cents for a shot or something like this. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I've never been down there for that, but uh, it, it was a, it was a definitely a nice venue. Um, there's a lot of uh, I mean, I love what they did to the entire place. They they left a lot of the generators, they left a lot of the yeah exposed, uh, yeah exposed, and, and it's right there. Uh huh. Yeah, and yet it's also at the same time like super, super luxe, all while Mm -hmm. showing like yeah, it's it's that's one of my favorite places actually. Wow, that's cool. So are Uh, you are you like a part of a of a sort of a media association or things like this, or how do you um, uh, end up collaborating with these contacts? Like, do you? It's just word of mouth. Um, I've never really advertised. Uh, it's been one client tells another client tells another client, and it just goes from there. Um, I've had uh, you know, always using me for their events for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, we had, uh, was it uh, VMware? VMware, have you heard of VMware? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is that some VMware kind of is, is it something similar like McCaffey or Norton or whatever? Is well, it like an anti it's more, No, it's more like Cisco. Um VMware ah. is uh if if you go to a bank right now, if you go to a, a large corporation and the person all the person has is a screen in front of them and a tiny small piece of computer equipment on the desk that looks like a router but it uh-huh. have any other uh machine computer machine, because uh-huh. the computer is not on the, at their desk. The computer is somewhere in Sydney, Australia. It's also in New York. It's also in California. So VMware is a virtual machine. 
Ah. So their, their desktop is not at their desk. Their desktop is everywhere. So if one server goes down, they keep on going like it, like nothing has happened. That's pretty wild. So, yeah, um, so that's what they do, and they're, they're everywhere. And most people don't realize that. In fact, if you're going to, say, put Windows on your machine, you can use one of their products called Fusion. But that, uh, was, that would be most ideal, though, for, like, like a collective or a group or an enterprise, right? Not for one sole individual. <laughs> well, exactly. I for enterprises, yeah, for, for a large corporation, it definitely uh, lends They're trying to remotely to connect everywhere. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Hi. Um, and what do you do for yeah. them, then? You make, like, their logo or something? or their No, no, their... no. Um, I <laughs> I wish. Uh, they they uh-huh. have me actually to do their photography um, for their events across the nation. So they would fly me out to Chicago or Atlanta or Toronto, up in Canada, um, and uh, just so then, you know, photograph. Sorry. So then are you like a regular like CES attender? You can go to all those kind of things? Uh-huh. They, they um, go to the parties, go to the you know, uh, seminars, the symposiums, and just photograph what they're doing, and, and they use that for for their own marketing, their own collateral. Um, mm. I just kind of, and for me, it was fun because, it, you know, I was able to do the job, and uh, I would spend maybe a day with my own money and just to walk around the city that I was in, so I'd, I would be exploring um, that, that particular city and do some more photography. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But it was pretty much most of the jobs that I received uh, or assignments that I received were, were done through word of mouth. Um, one person would see my work and say, you know something, I like what you're doing, can you come and do this for us? Sure, why not? You know, something new, something different. And it didn't matter. I'm, what it, I have one client right now that called me in to do um, their industrial uh, machines. And their industrial machines are huge. Uh, they're they deal with uh, um, uh, that's what I'm looking for. They deal with uh, uh, computer products, device uh-huh. vacuums, and so uh, sometimes they're really tiny pieces that you have to photograph. Other times they're the size of a huge room, and so you have to make sure the lighting is okay. And, and you know, how do you light uh, put lighting in, in, when you, when you're working in a confined space? You don't have um, the ability to move other things around. You have to work right. with the client restrictions. So yeah, with the space you're given and with the the product exactly. or thing. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. And so then I guess you would be the best person to ask which is the best type of camera one should own. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, it, depending on whether – I mean, for me, I was always using Canon, but now I'm using Nikon uh, Nikon cameras. Um, I love Nikon because they're fast. Um, they, um, it, it was just, it felt better for me. Uh, the, the clarity is a lot better. Now, a lot of people love Canon because they, they love the color. And for me, I can just work the color on, on the computer and, and fix it there. So I wasn't too worried about that. Um, but you know, each each camera, whether you pick a Canon or uh, a Nikon, either one will be just fine. Um, and depending on, I mean, the newest and latest and greatest, and depending on what you're going to do, if you want to do um, sports photography, you want a fast camera, then you want the uh, the fastest. But 
my advice to anybody is whether it's a Canon or a Nikon and it's the top DSLR that you're going to be going to purchase, make sure that what you purchase is the glass. That's the important thing. The lenses are what makes a picture. Um, and uh, the better the glass, the better the photo. Mm. Think of that. Because you can adjust the photo any way you want on a computer, but if you don't have the quality, then you know no matter yeah, you can how never, you, do, you can never recapture that that position exactly. again. Yeah, I see. Exactly. Huh. Hmm. So what do you okay. have on camera right now? Oh my goodness. Um, do I? Uh, <laughs> uh, I have webcam. No. <laughs> no. I have, I have um I have like well well okay, yes. <laughs> Literally okay. I have a lot to have <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of tech, um, like C either C nine ten or nine something. Um that's pretty good. For me it's the best one of the best I've personally ever owned and used. Um and I'm happy with a lot of what it can do for for what I would mm-hmm. like to use it for, but yeah, right. I'm also interested in knowing like you know when I have the time to um devote more attention to um you know outdoor uh photography mm-hmm. when I'm on trips or just like see something pretty like I'm a sucker for like a beautiful location or like a beautiful piece of like furniture <laughs> or a cute right. animal or things like this so when, you know, if I ever wanted to have a, a specific um, project or focus in mind with those kinds of uh, subjects, yeah, I would want to know, like, yeah, um, I can't just come drag a webcam all over town. I want to use, like, something really good, professional, that is, like, somewhat dummy-proof in a sense for me since I'm not, like, I'm not trained in photography, but I think I'm pretty good at getting a good... A good shot when I when I when I want to I guess <laughs> like well, but, there's, there's but, few, yeah there's a few photographer kinds of photographers that are out there yeah and well I mean there's always going to be stuff for like for a layperson the best that a layperson should own and something the best that a professional should own so for me personally it would be for a layperson for now um, you know something that's not doesn't have a huge um, um, you know, amount of information you have to learn how to use it. Like, I don't want to have to look in the mm-hmm. book every every few minutes. Like, okay, wait, how do I do this though? And can, how do I? What? <laughs> you know, like, no, something that is good for good for using on the fly, in a sense. <laughs> well, both Nikon and, and Canon both have uh, um, say uh, lower level DSLRs for consumers. So yeah. I like the Canon. Canon, it's the Rebel series. For Nikon, it's like the uh, 3100, or I think now it's uh, 5000. Um, uh, do you want to do 5000? Um, you know, if you at the top end, it's the D6, I think now for Canon, and it's the uh, uh, 4D or 4X, excuse me, 4X for Nikon. Um, Okay, so, okay, hold on. Let me make sure I got that. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, so you said what? Canon Rebel for 
uh, as layperson. The, the, the Canon Rebels, yeah, for, for Canon Rebel, Canon makes the Rebel series, and, and the Rebel series are consumer level DSLRs. Okay. So um, you can pick your, uh, they come, you can buy it as a kit, and you can pick, uh, and then you can go out and buy additional lenses, but the kit usually is pretty good, and, and it's, it starts you off. Um, Nikon also has. Um, the 3100 and the 5000, right? That one? Yeah, well, let me see here. Um, I'm, I'm looking on the. <laughs> I think the, uh, uh, the 3100, I, I, they used to have the, D, the D300, or actually the newest one is the D5200. Okay. And the D5200. I'm, I'm writing this down. With, I'm totally ready okay. to down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the D50, the D5200 um, ha- comes with a, a VR lens kit. It's about $900, give or take. Um, okay. So it's not too bad. If you want to go up a little higher, then they have the D7100. Hi. Um, and are they, are they like um, how... Uh, Every other technological advancement is, where there's something a new, just slightly marginally better every like three months, or, or does it, does it like I can't really just go bad suddenly? Or yeah, every six months, I would say. Every six months, you're going to have something new and exciting that's going to come out. Um, I mean, for me, I you know, I, I wish that I could afford right now the the camera that I would love to get my hands on, um, but it's going to have to wait, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it'll it'll be a while before before I get it. And usually, I, I kind of come in right at the tail end of when they're going to uh, uh, you know introduce a new one. Uh, uh-huh. So, but the four X, the four X, I think is around. I'm trying to remember, um, like six thousand, four to six thousand. For just the body alone. Yeah. Okay, wait. So then are the lenses, they sell the lenses separately, or can can you get them from any manufacturer, or is it, it like, mandatory or highly recommended to always get it from the same place? My my suggestion suggestion would be, I mean, you're you're fairly close to um, Sammy's camera down in Southern California. They have a, okay. I think they have a, a place in Pasadena that you can check out. Um, but as far as electronics, even have, it's, a, it's a great place to go check out the cameras and play around with them and, and ask questions. Um, okay. uh, but a lot of them, you know, Nikon, both Nikon and, and Canon put out uh, their kits, and the kits come with a lens. So to start off with, you don't have to go out and buy a new lens. Uh, once you once you start getting better and better, and you say you know something, I want something that that I can look uh, that, that's a macro lens. So it's very specific, right. and you can look at a you know the the petals of a of a flower in more intricate detail, or oh. the wing of a fly kind of thing. <gasps> do you do, do those? Um, not with well. <laughs> Sometimes do you, you ever send those in? I've seen some, like, when, what was this, uh, maybe a year or two ago, I was looking through different publications and what they pay um, primarily for, like, um, for writing assignments more so or travel photography where it's not, doesn't have to be 100% amazing, but they also had, like, the area of, of like, um, you know, the super advanced, very, um, uh, 
level photography of those very things, like in National Geographic or all these types of publications where you're yeah you're looking at the eyes of like something that's smaller than your exactly. fingernail kind of thing. Like that, that's a pretty good living if you do that regularly, or if anyone does. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that, that that do that. Specifically, are you know that's what their equipment is comprised of to, to do uh, macro photography. Um, their expertise at it. I mean, for me, my expertise is is a little bit of everything, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like the photographs to that. It doesn't really matter. Well, yours is, is. Well, you're dealing with like you're dealing with like people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. know, photographing events and all that. So yeah, that's. It's probably a lot more fun, <laughs> infinitely more fun and exciting with. Compared to a fly. <laughs> live? No, you? No, no. <laughs> yeah, like a live. Well, I guess bugs are alive, no, but lively, lively, yeah, <laughs> lively. Relatively speaking, subjects that you can interact <laughs> with, and like, yeah, that's a bit more cool than watching the grass grow. So, yeah. Well, no, here's, okay. a, here's a story for you. <laughs> here's a story for you. So I was at yeah. a, a game, um, and it was a soccer game. It was a match between um, Mexico and uh, Venezuela, I think. I'm trying to recall. In any case, so um, the um, the owners of the Mexican team were at a suite, and I was shooting on the uh, um, at the uh, field level. And yeah. they called me, uh, you know, during the, ha- the first half. And they called me in and they said, you know, we need you, we need you to photograph, um, you know, the president of the uh, Mexican team. And uh, there's another dignitary there that we, you know, we want you to photograph. I'm like, yeah, sure, not a problem. So I'm, you know, I leave from where I was. Uh, I was right behind one of the goals, so I leave. And go up into the uh, suites, and so I'm followed by about maybe three or four police officers. And I'm like, what the, you know, what's going on? Oh, danger, person? danger! So, yeah. um, <laughs> so well, we're gonna you have get a badge. Where was your badge? <laughs> Me, I have no sneaking badge. So we go to go, oh. go get the person. We walk into the suite, and uh, lo and behold, I look over, and it turns out to be Barry Bond. I ah okay. So, so Barry Bonds comes. You know, we we motion for him. He comes with us, and so uh, he's got police officers in the front, police officers uh, in front of him, uh, behind him as well. And then I'm leaving the pack, going to the other suite. And, and the funny thing is, everybody's like doing because there was hardly any. Everybody was in the stadium. Nobody yeah. was uh, within the corridors. So. And the people that were in the corridors, they couldn't believe they were, they were seeing what they were seeing because they were seeing Barry Bonds being escorted. <laughs> they, they, were, they were doing double takes. It was like, is that who I think it is? And so um, it took them a while before the stream started to follow them. But by that time, we were already at where we needed to be at another suite. And uh, we were able to do a meet and greet. I was start, and as soon as I started taking photographs, now, mind you, the suite has a window that um, it butts up against the, the fans, and all of a sudden, all they're seeing is flashes coming out of the suite. So they turn around, they look through, and they see Barry Bonds. And then it just—it was like a mash right up up against this glass. Um, and so Barry kind of walks over. He opens the glass door. He was really nice about it too. And people started handing him things for him to sign. And the funniest part is 
one guy gave him this black hat. He's like, I need a pen, I need a pen. So he gives him a black pen and asks <laughs> him to find the hat. And he looks at the hat and looks over at me and I said, hey, he wants you to sign it. Might as well just sign it. He's like, yeah, I guess so. And so he just signed the hat in black and it was a black cap. And he's like, oh, my God. Um, funny. But it was funny. It was Maybe funny. he'll so glow he in the really dark nice the marker. Maybe there's like a black light speaker <laughs> ink in it and he just wanted to put it, yeah. Under some some strange light. <laughs> you never know. He's like, I know it's there. I know it's there. Darn it! I saw him sign it. It must be signed. I don't have to see it. I know it's there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was definitely a funny That's story. Funny. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good That's day. Wild. It was a good day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh. yeah, there's a lot of yeah. other uh, stories here and there, but you know, most of them. I, you know, it, it's it's meeting people, it's getting to know what they do, how they do it, um, and what their career is. You know, when you when you photograph, sometimes you shoot something and you never know what uh, you're really looking at until you take it back and you're like, oh my god, that what I photographed. And mm-hmm. there's something else photographed that we didn't see before. Yeah. Which is really interesting. It's kind of cool. Uh, or something is happening in the background because you are so so focused on that one subject, but something else something else is happening in the background that you caught. That was even more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but something like that happens as well. Hmm. And have you ever had to do like creative editing where they're like, "Oh, get that person out of the shot." Ugh. <laughs> they like. I've something. had. I've had people give me photographs and say, you know, this was a wonderful photograph, but I, I, I had great memories, but I don't want memories of that person. Can you take them out? Yeah. Like, sure. It's going like, to go in up. with, like, editing software and, and create, like, a tree in, it, in that person's place. Or, like, creating a tree, creating more, uh, you kind of <laughs> uh, fill in the gap. You actually recreate the scene as if that person wasn't there. So if, if like, three people are sitting at a bench and uh-huh. one person has to be missing from that photograph, you yeah. actually recreate the bench. Yeah, it's, dude, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> I've, I don't know, I was reading something a couple months ago um, mm-hmm. um, by this author who's talking about, like, how to do things, well, one was how to do things with words, and the other was how to do things with pictures, and they went mm-hmm. over all sorts of, like, political propaganda with, like, different war heroes or things like this, or, or rebels or war, like, any any sort of a political event where they're, like, oh, just changing the framing of it or how close those two, you know, dignitaries of separate countries appear to be can change its whole effect on, like, the audience, the mass, people who view it and all this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's wild. Very interesting, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, yes, and so let's see. Moving on, I see mm-hmm. that one of your favorite thingies is, or interest is chocolate. Well, what kind of chocolate, <laughs> sir? <laughs> uh, you can never have enough chocolate. <laughs> um, let's see. What's my favorite chocolate? Um, I mean, as a child, one of my favorite chocolates. In fact, uh, on one of my social networks, somebody brought that up, and it's called the the name of the brand is called Rendur. It's made in Lebanon. Um, Wait, what, they no it's longer, called what again? It's called 
the the closest word I can associate with it would be grandeur. Grandeur. So okay. Say, yeah, uh, you can say grandeur, but it, it's it, it's pronounced grandeur. Oh, grandeur. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's there. close. Um, okay. So it, it's it's one of the best chocolates I've ever tasted in my lifetime. The second, well, the thing that comes close was to a confection. Um, I was doing, um, have you heard of Hubert Keller? Heard of who? Hubert Keller. He uh, he and his wife own Florida Burger Bar in Vegas. No, I haven't heard of him or his wife. Hubert Keller is a celebrity chef. Um, uh-huh. And he had a birthday party in, in the city, and I was asked to uh, photograph his birthday party. And it was kind of a uh-huh. who's who of culinary uh, delights. It's just, you name it, that, that person was there. Um, and this was before the celebrity chef status of everybody, you know, was coming to be. This is like the, kind of the start of it. Uh, yeah. And one of the confectioners had created a, a new chocolate, and he was passing out these samples, and I took one, put it in my mouth, the chocolate melted. It just, it was pure heaven. And I'm like, oh, stop, (laughs) come back. (laughs) I mean, if you can have an orgasm eating chocolate, this would be it. Hmm. Well, did you? So. (laughs) (laughs) This is is a good thing to know. This is interesting. (laughs) Oh, but could you feel it? Could you feel it? <laughs> in spirit, in spirit, you had a divine inspiration from that chocolate. There, there you go. go. Well, you go. I, I, I don't know. Like, okay, let's see. For me, I, I like Chilean, I like a Chilean chocolate. But one uh-huh. of my favorite, most like rare treats, I guess, is um, lavender ice cream. And I had. Oh. Have you had it? Oh my goodness. Mhm. I've had lavender yeah, you mentioned um uh I, I didn't quite catch uh, which hotel Uber uh, um is it, where he's a chef. Um but there's there's a restaurant in Vegas at I wanna say maybe Caesars Caesars Palace I believe. That's French, it's super nice. Um they had lavender ice cream and that was the second time in my life that I had lavender ice cream. The first time was in Paris in the eighth district, just behind the Champs Elysees. And it was like this restaurant called Music Something um, or Opera, I don't know, something. But it was amazing, amazing, amazing. But that that's like the most, to me, I guess that would be my orgasmic, like, dessert um, uh, food thing. Food crap, food orgasmic. <laughs> yes. Well, I should, uh, I, I should say mouth, mouth, the, the mouth gasms. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, arousing orifices all over. The world. <laughs> I heard some <laughs> yeah, so, anyway. so I, I mentioned to you earlier that um, one of the things I was going to mention is um, what my motto is, and basically, if it's not fun, I don't do it. That's in my oh. motto. Well, as simple as that. What about jury duty? <laughs> Say again. I thought about jury duty. You have to do that. Well, because there's certain things in life that you have to go through, you know? <laughs> Actually, the last time I was well, on a jury... Well, just make it. Just make it fun. Just make it fun. Yeah, exactly. If it sucks, right? Yeah. But that's why you have imagination. You know, that's why when somebody says, I'm bored, 
or, or they, they put on a social network that they're bored. I'm like, excuse me, how can you be bored? There's no such thing as being bored in life. There's so many things to do, so many things to think about, imagine, create. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm totally yeah. down with that. Yes, I agree. Oh. Anyways, well, we are coming towards the end of the show. I've had a great time talking with you, chatting with you. Um, you have well, inspired me. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to talk to you as well. Oh, Thank you. Um, yes. So this is super interesting. There should probably be like a part two. So if you're interested, <laughs> I would like to have you on again because there's stuff we still didn't even cover, um, like your art uh, and a gallery at your alma mater and um, your expositions of your own work in New York City downtown uh, some time ago. Not so long ago, and I don't know. Yeah, there's more stuff I wanted to ask you about, so I will yeah. reserve that for a part two. You just let me know when you're available. Um, Sounds wonderful. But yeah, but yeah, I had a great time. Thank you Thank so you. much, and everybody Thank you. listening in, um, you can check out his work at Sky Nights, S K Y N I T E dot com. Sammy K Yusuf, and he's on Twitter at at Sky Night. Um, and also I'm yeah. on uh, Just Sane app as well. Uh, the, the Sane app is for Android as well as the uh, iPhone, iPod, and iPad. And you can tweet out what you want to say so people can actually hear you rather than just read your text. So I'm on there as well at Sky Night. Oh, right on. Yeah, so check him out on Just Sane. It's Just Sane app on all sorts of e-devices. iPad, iPod. You said iPad, iPod. All anything that's like web capable is probably there. So yeah, get your voice on the wire. The invisible wires that be. That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Sandra. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah. (laughs) I'll stay in touch. We'll have a part two. Wonderful evening. Bye bye. There you are. That was part one of the interview with Sammy K. Yusuf of SkyNight.com. Um, follow him on Twitter at SkyNight, S-K-Y-N-I-T-E. Uh, I will see you all or speak with you all uh, next week, same time, same place, on PlaytimeWithSandra.com. Um, and I hope you're having a very good evening and a very nice rosy Palm Sunday. And I look forward to doing it all over again in just one week's time. Good night.
all you sexy naked girls radio listeners. Have yourself a naked day and make it a naughty night with me, Sandra London, on Playtime with Sandra every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, no. 